Welcome to Authors of the Pacific Northwest, where we connect authors with new listeners and provide advice to aspiring authors on the business of writing. I'm your host, Vicki J. Carter. So hi there, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. And today we have an author that I have just met, and her name is Karen Eisenberry. Did I say it right, Karen? Nope. Oh, no, I knew I did. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, tell us how to pronounce your last name, please. <laughs> it's Eisenbray. Eisenbray. Thank you. So Karen Eisenbray. So Karen, thanks so much for correcting me. I knew I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> it, it's not unusual. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I try real hard not to, but I think the harder I try, the <laughs> more I mess up. Mm-hmm. So why don't we introduce you to our listeners. First, tell us what state you live in the Pacific Northwest. I live in Washington. I'm in Seattle. Ah, Seattle. So at the time of this recording, we just got hit with some snow. So did you get some snow? Yeah, we've got about four inches on the ground. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So I'm down southwest of you. We didn't quite get it. I don't think we're going to get any snow, but I heard all about it from my students and all my people that I know living up there. (laughs) So it's not normal for us to get that much snow. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the first snow we've had this winter. Yeah, it's true. And it seems like last winter in February is when it was the coldest. And I think we had a little bit of snow then too. I can't remember. So Maybe just a dusting. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast, guys, we're probably having an air way after we record because that's how I roll. So we're probably heading into spring by the time you listen to this one and we're all excited about our spring coming. (laughs) So, so Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Do you work on the outside or are you a full-time publishing author? I wish. (laughs) Um, I have, I have a part-time day job as a church secretary Oh, which okay. suits suits me to a T. It's exactly the right number of hours, and it's the kind of work I'm good at and enjoy. Well, that's so nice. that actually, that works very well. Um, I'm married and have two kids and two cats, so there's there's plenty to, to keep me busy. Oh, that's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, and you're right. <laughs> You're right. So I spied on your website. So I have to ask, you got to tell the listeners and tell me a little bit why you're called the Hillbilly Drummer Girl. So give us some background <laughs> on that because I thought it was fantastic. I'm married to a drummer. So, <laughs> oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I am a drummer myself and I, I grew up out in the sticks in Eastern Washington mm-hmm. in the Horse Heaven Hills. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a song that a Seattle band, the Young Fresh Fellows, did years ago called Hillbilly Drummer Girl. And I've kind of adopted that as my theme song. I love it. I love it. I think everybody needs a theme song. So if you find one that fits you, that's fantastic. Well, that's great. So listeners, if you pop onto Karen's website, you'll see what I'm talking about. So, so that's really great. So here's the, one of the stumper questions I like to ask that I don't know if I prepared you for. So if you're stumped, that's okay. Um, what would you like readers to know about you right up front? You know, and it could be anything, anything about your writing, anything about who you are. It doesn't matter. But one thing you'd like readers to know. That in addition to being a fiction writer, I'm also a musician, mm-hmm. and those two things tend to get woven together. Mm-hmm. That there's there's a lot of music in my writing. Um, I've started writing songs, so the the two things feed each other. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So you're just an all-around creative gal, <laughs> a creative individual. So that's awesome. And, you know, it's interesting because um, almost all songwriters are very good authors, too. I mean, I think you have to be because songs are, are stories, you know, put to music. But then to be able to put the music to it, that's where that's where I would never fit. <laughs> well, th- that's that's the part I, I am barely beginning to scratch the surface of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... I feel pretty confident as a lyricist now, and mm-hmm. but I've just recently done a couple of songs where I was the one that came up with the tune instead of handing it off to somebody else. So, oh, that's exciting! So that is still that's still developing. That's exciting. Well, but it I'm definitely a- is a different way to tell a story. It really is. It really is. Now, I have a long history of being around musicians. Um, so someday, you and I'll have to talk about that history off off the air, because a lot of my listeners have heard tidbits and pieces of it. Um, but I would never claim that I'm a musician, and please don't ask me to sing. But I am really good on the mic when it comes to talking. So that's the podcast. <laughs> so, but so great. So tell us, um, Karen, when did you realize or when did you feel like you were a writer? Because I know that you mentioned on your blog or your um, website, it started a little early on in your life, but maybe you didn't pick it up until later. So tell us about that journey. Right. Yeah. Um, I really started thinking about wanting to be an author when I was probably about 16, so mm-hmm. in high school. And I went to college and got an English degree, and all along I'm thinking, I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be a writer. And then I got through school and tried to write a novel, actually did two, wrote two really bad practice novels, and it was just like, ah, I don't have any good ideas. I don't have anything to say. I don't have any experience. Mm-hmm. I, this isn't going to happen. And and so I set it aside. And I had a a job that was reasonable. And I had my family. And I had things I was doing. And so I kind of had given up on that idea. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of what I call the chaos years, Full-time job, house full of little kids, just, you know, everything going in several directions at once. Mm-hmm. I just had this, had this feeling like down in the, my gut. I'm supposed to be writing something. And it wasn't like I had any big story idea or anything. It was just this physical feeling that this is what I needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, okay, I guess I'll give it a try. And found that you, rather than waiting for big ideas, you take little ideas. Mm-hmm. Do something with a little idea and more ideas will come and more stories will come. And eventually dreamed up this sort of fantasy setting and the characters in it and started working with that and and that continues to this day, but it was, oh. it was, it, it was, I think, 12 years of not writing anything. Mm-hmm. And, and then probably another 10 or so years of just writing in mostly in obscurity mm-hmm. before anything was published. But, mm-hmm. but by then it's sort of like, can't quit now. I have too many ideas and too many <laughs> stories on the go. Oh, I know. That's that's like the problem of my life too. So I love it. I love the fact that uh, you, what you said about 
just writing this little ideas first, you know, just write down the little ideas and the big ones will come. That's such a relevant um, point for people because I, I talk to a lot of people that are aspiring published authors. They want to be published or they are published. And I ask kind of similar questions. And I know that there's a lot of self-doubt. We, we struggle with self-doubt as creatives, I think, more so than others <laughs> might. And uh, so I think that's such a great idea just to start small and go from there and see what happens. So it's really great. So tell us a little bit about your genres because you write um, in a very one of my favorite genres. Um, so share with us what they are and also tell us the titles you have published. Okay. Um, right now I'm mostly writing fantasy. I have tried my hand at science fiction, but none of that has gone anywhere yet. So what I have out right now is a wizard fantasy novel called Daughter of Magic, mm-hmm. which is a, um, we're marketing it as young adult, but it seems to appeal to to everybody from about 12 on up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I have a, another book, The Gospel According to St. Rage, which is a contemporary teen comedy but also fantasy. It's uh, set in set in Seattle, and it's about a girl who starts a garage band and gets superpowers. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and that was that was actually my first book, but it's going to get a kind of a refurbished second edition later this year. Mm-hmm. And then I read on your website that you actually wrote. Um a little bit of music to go with that book. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't, I had not written songs before that and I had song titles in the book and I thought, well, maybe I should write out a few, a few of the lyrics mm-hmm. just to toss them into the story. And then of course it couldn't stop there. So then that, that turned into seven entire songs. And so then I talked to my brother, do you think we could actually put music to these lyrics and maybe record them? And he was all over that (laughs) because he actually is a songwriter and we have a, we have a a little project that we do. So Uh we, we are, we arranged and recorded all of those songs and they're up on Bandcamp. Oh, that's so cool. So if people buy the book and read it, they can also listen to the original soundtrack. That's very cool. I like that idea. Very, very cool and creative. So listeners, if you're into that, definitely go and find on show notes how you get the book and the soundtrack. That's really cool. So I met Karen because um, I interviewed another author, Ben. And Ben is also a publisher for the publishing company that you're going through. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Were you always working with a publishing company, Karen, or were you independent first and then you moved to a publishing company? Well, I have, um, I've creeped up to the verge of self-publishing twice now. And both times, something better came along. Nice. The first Lucky time, you. <laughs> I was... I got involved with a um, a collective, so it was sort of like a publish publishing company, but not very formal. Mm-hmm. And um, first off, they had a an anthology, and I contributed something to that, and then another anthology, and then they were publishing Kindle singles, and so one of my stories was one of those. And they said, "You should turn this into a novel." Mm. And when somebody tells you you should turn this into a novel and we'll publish it. 
it's a good idea to listen. So I did that. (laughs) So that was, that was the gospel according to St. Rage. Mm -hmm. So that came out from, from the Pankhurst collective. And then I was, then they, they kind of dissolved. But by then Ben had read that book Mm -hmm. and I, and, and what he said was, I wish I'd published that. And I said, (laughs) well, I should keep that in mind. And um, around the time I was thinking, well, maybe I should get some of these fantasy novels and put them out. Mm-hmm. I saw that they were, they were accepting submissions and exactly in that genre. I said, okay, not a pipe definitely goes high on my list for this book. Mm-hmm. And by the time I had Daughter of Magic ready to submit, they'd closed submissions. But I, I sent them an email and said, hey, I really want to send you something, so let me know when you reopen. And they said, oh, send it now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, so I sent it to them, and I got to be one of the authors for the Year of Publishing Women in 2018. Oh, yeah. Ben did talk so about that. That was, that was very exciting. Yeah. So for listeners that might have missed the podcast, Ben Gorman is um, a publisher out with his company called Not A Pipe Publishing. And I did bring him on the show. So go back to show notes because I'm almost certain he has been released before Karen's um, episode. So definitely hop on there because he talks about the history of of his publishing that he's done and also the amazing work that he he did for that year working with women authors. What year was that, um, Karen? It was 2018. So we've just come out of it. Yeah, yeah, where they, uh, the Not A Pipe Publishing only published female authors, which was very fascinating and fantastic work. So, so great. Well, congratulations. It sounds like you've had a little bit of lucky, <laughs> lucky streak going there. A lot of luck, a <laughs> lot of luck. And, um, and it's just been so fun working with the other authors. It was, it was really nice to have that focus yeah. to bring us together. And then it's like, these are just really great people. And yeah. And it's really fun to to promote each other's work and be at the same events and learn learn how to present our work together rather than doing it alone. Yeah. And, and I, and I we, think... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, we just learned this week that three of us were our finalists for a, a book award. Oh. So it's really, really exciting to be able to share that. That is so awesome. And the thing that I love when I interviewed Ben and talked with him and and I'm hearing it now through you and I'm going to be interviewing some other authors from um, Not A Pipe um, Publishing. So stay tuned for those listeners that are going to be coming out um, is that it's a real family connection feeling. And when one thing I found that can be a little bit disconcerting is that when you decide to become an author, it's a very competitive industry and just people can be really competitive <laughs> in your genre. So I think it's really awesome that you have that connection, that group in, and that family feeling of support. So I'm happy for you. That's really awesome. What, um, what tips do you have for your luck? I mean, like what you had to have done something, you had to put yourself out somewhere. Did it just come because you hit the right groups, right communities, or did you research what you were going to do before you started to submit things? (laughs) Not really. Um, it, it, yeah, it was a lot of finding the right people at the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, years ago, I, I joined a site called autonomy, Hmm. which was a, an online community where authors could upload entire manuscripts 
like whole books Mm -hmm. and get feedback and suggestions or just support Mm -hmm. and make friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, everything that I've published has come out of people that I met there. Oh, nice. Including that was where I first ran into Ben Gorman. That's where I ran into all of the Pankhurst people that originally published me and, and just also getting used to getting critique and feedback from other people, especially the people writing in the same genre is just good practice Mm -hmm. and good Mm -hmm. and valuable because I think a lot of people write a book and they're so excited and they're so proud of it, which they should be, Mm -hmm. but, but you become blind to what might need to be improved. Yeah, exactly. You you look at your own baby and it's beautiful, Mm but, but somebody else can look at it and go, this part doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm. or, or, this part repeats pretty much exactly what you already said two chapters ago, or, you know, these things that you don't notice yourself and a reader reading it like a writer or like a reader will say, will find those kinds of things. Exactly. And if you're willing to to listen, you can make your book hundreds of times better than it was originally. Absolutely. And I can't, uh, say enough about having a support groups, especially writers helping other writers. Um, This last year I was invited and I'm still very much a part of a very small writing group in my area. The, let's see, one, two, three, four authors are in it with me. Um, One's uh, published, he's published several. The others are um, actual newspaper writers and working on fiction. And the other one, his wife owns a small paper so he does a lot of work for her to have professional and friendly and kind insight into my work. My drafts are just phenomenal. I thought it would be scary, but it's actually so invigorating to say, Oh, yeah. my work, I would have never saw that. I'm so glad you pointed that yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So- and it, it is scary at first. Yeah. Yeah. To, to show your work to anybody. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but, but I find that the more I've done it, the less scary it gets. And so mm-hmm. now it's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to submit this to a publisher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I've done my work. I'm going to send this in. And I, I don't know if I would have been that courageous just a few years ago. Exactly. Well, I love that. And so thank you because I'm getting to the stage where I'm actually getting really comfortable with feedback and I'm working on drafts. My next stage is moving towards, I'll probably get a professional editor to go through it and then start submitting. And the submitting is my next scary, my scary moments, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. those phases. So, so good. Well, let's get you started with your reading by this question. Tell us um, what is your inspiration as an author? Um, and then share with us what you're going to read from and a little bit of a little bit of backstory that what you can share without revealing too much information about the overall story. Okay. Um, my inform- my inspiration for this particular series, the, the wizard fantasy came from an actual dream that I dreamed when I was, Oh gosh, this is, this is almost 20 years ago. I had a very short little dream in which there were two wizards in a situation and then there were at least three plot twists. And I woke up and thought, wow, 
that's a lot to pack into such a short dream. That's really interesting. And I told my husband about it. And he said, you could write that into a book. So I made that into a book. And then I wrote three more books. And at the end of that, the fourth book, um, the, the main characters realized they were going to have a child. And that child is the main character of this book that has finally been published, Daughter of Magic. So I'm going to read from the, the uh, beginning of that. This is a story of a girl named Luskel, who is the daughter of a powerful wizard and a powerful healer. Everyone has always expected that she will have magical ability too, but at this point, she's 14 and a half and isn't seeing anything, and so she thinks she's just going to be ordinary, and then in the course of this book, discovers that she couldn't be more wrong. And the, the first sign, which she misses at first, is that she is dreaming about dead people that she never met. So I'm going to begin with chapter one. Luskel walked at twilight on a country road she didn't know. She wasn't lost. She was on her way to Deep River. It was the town that was lost, and she had to find it. She could make out silhouettes of scattered trees in the distance, but no lighted windows or darkened houses. Yet she knew she was near, the way she knew things in dreams. Oh, a dream, of course. She kept walking. But not alone. Muskell sensed a presence at her side, keeping pace with her. She didn't dare look, but stopped in the road and whispered, Who are you? Don't you know me, Luskel? Her fear fled, and she turned to face her companion. He was a tall young man, rail thin, with Mamam's pale skin. It should have been too dim to see clearly, but a light from somewhere else showed his hair to be as red as Mamam's too. Ketwin? He grinned. You do know me. I knew you would. I told him you would. But... You're a baby. You're dead. Had I lived, I would be 18 now, almost 19. Luskel struggled to make sense of this. She couldn't remember a time when she didn't know about her only sibling, a half-brother who died at birth. She had visited his grave, but she had never seen him. He died years before she was born. In her mind, he was both her big brother and her baby brother. She thought about him sometimes when she was lonely, but had never expected to speak to him. What did one say to a ghost brother? You don't have any freckles. That sounded rude as soon as it was out of her mouth. I guess you wouldn't. You've never seen the sun. Even worse. I mean... You haven't, have you? Is there a sun where you are? That radiance from somewhere else. No, but there is light. He looked up at the darkening sky. 
not like here. Where are we? Your dreams? Oh, she swallowed bitter disappointment. Only a dream, as she'd suspected. Then you're not real. I'm not. He made a face of such exaggerated confusion that she had to laugh. You're teasing me. I'm your brother, after all, so I am real. See? He laid his hand on her shoulder. His touch was cool and almost weightless, a tingling energy all the way to her fingertips. You are. She wanted to touch him, but her own hand was too heavy to lift. What are you doing in my dream? Grandfather Knott has taught me many things. Visiting dreams is one of them. He isn't your grandfather. Skell didn't mean to sound jealous, but if there were anyone she would have wished to meet more than Ketwin, it was not. Everyone she knew told stories about the great wizard, a man who lived and died by his own rules. He died the spring before she was born. She never knew him either. Ketwin made a slight bow. I thank you for sharing him with me. Why haven't I dreamed of you before? I think you have. That sense of an unknown presence. She had felt it before in dreams, but had never put a name to it. That was you? But I couldn't see anyone. You weren't ready. Ready for what? To see. That was no answer, but he didn't seem likely to give a better one. Do you go into Mom's dreams? I used to, but it made her sad. I go to Crane sometimes. Dadad, why not your own father? He laughed at that. He had a wonderful laugh, the kind that tickled. She wished she could hear it every day. Walgan has no power. What do you mean? We will meet again, Luskel, but now I must go. No, Ketwin, wait, I... The dream faded as she rose from the depths of sleep. She could hear other voices now, but feigned sleep a moment longer. She hated to lose such a good dream. It had seemed so real. Bravo. I love it. I'm completely hooked, Karen. I have to know what happens. <laughs> Great. I've read that chapter a lot, and it, I still like it. It was the first part of this book that I wrote, and it didn't have to be changed very much. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I love the fact that this story comes out of a d- dreams from you. I think that's one of my favorite ways that I hear people um, talk about when they're so that's really wonderful. Well, Karen, thanks for sharing with us. So listeners, I hope that you enjoyed um, the reading as well. And Karen, before I have you go, share with us one inspiring tip for authors that are listening. What's one thing that you can tell them as far as their journey goes? Oh, okay. Um, well, we've already talked about how important it is to, to get other people involved. But... Um, what I say is always be ready 
for opportunity to climb into your lap and start to purr. Mm. There are these things that you can't plan for or make happen, but but if you're ready to grab them when somebody offers, that, that that's everything that's happened for me has been that kind of thing. Such awesome advice. And I really do appreciate that. And I do feel like it's also comes from an openness, a person that's open to receive that kind of um, opportunities are going to start coming to them. Maybe they, maybe they never have seen them before until they became open to them, right? <laughs> yeah, that could be. I mean, you can call it luck or just being ready or whatever, but yeah, write wow. the best book you can and and let other people see it and good things will come. Awesome, Karen. Well, thank you. That's a great way to end this podcast. So listeners that are authors, take that advice. Um, listeners that are readers, if you love the work from Karen on our first chapter, grab her book. Um, all of her information will be on our show notes. And Karen, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. This has been great fun. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did. Follow us on social media and sign up for our newsletter where you can be entered automatically each month to win a signed free copy of a book from an author that's appeared on the podcast. You can find out more at our website, www.squishpin.com. And finally, if you're an author in the Pacific Northwest and you would like to appear on the show, you can find out more on our website. So until next week, I hope you enjoy the journey. This is Vicki J. Carter signing off.